is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Let's hit the waiver wire. Well, you better set aside a couple of hours tonight to make your waiver claims. There's going to be a lot of people you're adding and dropping. And we're going to help you out. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. It is Tuesday. It is November 20th. Jamie out today. So Adam, David, Heath are here to guide you. Guys, I've updated my MVP rankings. They're updated now. I didn't know you had MVP rankings. You don't get a vote. Do you get it? Do you have an MVP vote, Adam? I have this show I do. Oh. <laughs> no, I don't. And I never will. But Patrick Mahomes plummets to number two behind Drew Brees. Sure. That makes sense. But if he if he hadn't have thrown two interceptions at the end of the game and led the Chiefs to a game winning touchdown, I bet he'd still be number one. Maybe. But he didn't. I'll, I'll excuse, you know, the last interception. So you're just gonna completely gloss over the previous Fifty-seven and a half minutes of that game. Well, he he had how many turnovers? He had five turnovers. Yeah, three he had picks a bunch. and two fumbles. Two yeah. of them returned for touchdowns. Okay, okay. Drew Brees I'm has just, thrown one pick this year. You should That's do a amazing. guest segment on the Pick Six podcast and talk about this because it's not relevant here. Is that what you're saying? Patrick Mahomes is the fantasy MVP. Oh, he's definitely the fantasy MVP. That that there's no question about that. Uh yeah, so we'll definitely talk about that game. I did a Twitter poll before the game started. Who wins tonight? 49% said Chiefs, 51% said Rams. Everybody was so into it. It was awesome. That's coming up later. Also the uh, pretty boring Sunday night game. But let's start out with your top 3 waiver wire priorities. Who are we looking at this week, guys? I'm jumping on the Magic Gus. Gus Edwards is number one. Gus Bus is that the is that what you were jumping on? Because yes. if you were jumping on the actual Gus Edwards, that could hurt some people. Well, it wouldn't hurt him. He'd just carry me into the end zone. Uh, Josh Adams, I think. I mean, it's so dependent on what you need. But for my teams, it's Gus, and then it's Josh Adams, and then it's probably DJ Moore. I I think the first two are locks with Edwards and Adams, unless. You are a team that has great running backs, and Patrick Mahomes is your only quarterback, and then Jameis Winston's the top. Sure, player. then Jameis is who you'd have to go after. Or but if you're, a team I, I'd that like has... to try and get one of those running backs just so my opponents can't get them. Yes, in case they end up being good. But I think the what you need pick is that third, third spot, whether it's Jameis or one of these rookie receivers. Look at these rookie receivers that have done something, and Josh Reynolds, who's not a rookie. But Anthony Miller, and this isn't my order, but Anthony Miller, Traquan Smith, DJ Moore, Kiki QT, yeah. Christian Kirk. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think there's, and Cameron Braid at tight end. We can't ignore him. My top three will be Edwards, Adams, Traquan. Yeah, I, I'm hoping this is the start of something for Traquan Smith, but here are his yards totals in his last six games. 111, 44, 18, 23, 0. And 157. He's got a home game coming up on Thursday against Atlanta. They allow the fourth most fantasy points to wide receivers, although better their last two games. Um, and then after that, he's got three straight road games at Dallas, at Tampa Bay, and at Carolina. Dallas. And hopefully he's healthy. He popped up on the injury report Monday with a foot injury. The Saints didn't practice, but if they had practiced, he wouldn't have practiced. Okay, so Heath, you had DJ Moore over Traquan Smith, and J- Dave, you had the opposite, right? 
Yeah, I'm assuming that Traquan is going to be fine and that it was just a rest day for his foot. And his foot probably isn't 100%, but the matchup against Atlanta is just too sweet. And there's going to be several other games coming up where you're going to feel good about starting Traquan Smith. I think the days of him going targetless are over. Those days are now happening to Benjamin Watson. Yeah, apparently. Uh, DJ Moore has Seattle. Seattle has allowed 100 yards to a wide receiver in four straight games. Those wide receivers are all more proven than DJ Moore. Marvin Jones, Keenan Allen, uh, Brandon Cooks, and Devontae Adams. But they have not really been great against wide receivers lately. And, yeah, we talked a lot about the young wide receivers on Sunday night show. We'll talk about them more today. But Gus Edwards, Josh Adams lead the way at running back. Jameis Winston. And don't forget about Baker Mayfield. He's 60% owned. He's coming off a nope. bye. And don't he, forget about him. Yeah, good matchup really this good. week. He's just not a top three guy. And Jameis is starting this week, by the way. And Andy Dalton is 67% owned. Do you think A.J. Green plays this week, guys? We're ranking him as if he is. It sounded like he was close last week. Okay. He gets Cleveland. They've been pretty good against uh, quarterbacks. But Dalton might be able to help you down the stretch. I mean, he's got Oakland in week 15. He's got Cleveland on the road in week 16. Um, so busy, busy day of waiver wiring. And are, are you are you emptying your fab? I, I don't believe in emptying your fab. Unless I guess if you have zero dollar bids, it's acceptable. But are you coming close to emptying your fab for Edwards or Adams or one of these young wide receivers? I, I am. I am all of it. No, don't all use it. all of it. Save some. Either. All of it. No, save some. I would say most slash all. Like in some of my leagues, I only have eight fab dollars left. Right. So I'm probably not even going to get them, but I'm going to try. Right. And you're going to give all eight. Every last. You're going to give everything every you got last Dave, Dave, penny. Adam always holds something back. He never. He doesn't believe in giving 100. percent You though. <laughs> oh. You're going to give. 100%. I am about 110. percent You're going to give 110. percent Lots of sweat equity going, going into my fab for Gus Edwards. I can't believe. Where's it. your butterfinger bar? Yeah, oh, I don't yeah. know why you guys want me to do that disgusting thing in my onesie. Apparently, right? I have to do it in my onesie. I don't, yes, I, I just want you to actually do it. I just want to know I'll if do you still it. have the onesie. That thing costs some. I have like the this, onesie. It, that, that was not a cheap onesie. No, it wasn't. I have the onesie. Um, I I'll do it. I'm worried about my health. Those things are huge, but I'll do it. I'll do it for you. I'm not gonna back out. Um. All right, so let's let's just stay on Gus Edwards for a second. And Josh Adams. They, they okay, Adams has uh they both have great matchups. Edwards has Oakland and Adams has the Giants. Um who gets more carries this week? I will I will estimate that Edwards gets more carries. Yeah, if only because Baltimore is going to run the ball 75 times and the Eagles might run at 20. Adam, I'd like to break these guys down. Is now the time to do that, or should we wait? Uh, can you do it in, in 30 seconds? No. Well, how long do I you I have need? a lot to say. Well, give us the they've, abridged they've version. They've got some poetic. He wants to wax poetic go, about go. Gus Edwards and Josh Adams. I want to know what you think about them, so go ahead. When Gus Edwards was born. <laughs> no, that's not where I'm going with this. Uh, I, I think Gus Edwards is just the right guy in the right place. I don't think that he's a special talent. Uh, I don't think he's particularly fast. He does have this really cool trait of being able to squeeze through tight spaces in the offensive line. And so that, that's something that Frank Gore could kind of do for a while. And uh, he, he kind of reminds me of a slower version of young Frank Gore, which isn't a bad thing. And the better part is that 
John Harbaugh is committed to giving him more carries. He said as much in his press conference on Monday. And on the broadcast, they talked about how Gus Edwards had been practicing well and that, that the Ravens coaches were tired of Alex Collins, um, dancing in the backfield. And, uh, Edwards looks like a cut and go type of runner. And I think he'll be pretty good there. I think he'll be potentially very good against Oakland. So I'm going to give him the nod over Josh Adams, who might be the more talented running back compared to Gus Edwards, but I'm certain that he's in a backfield situation where he won't be uh, 15 touches a game. And Philadelphia is just a passing team to begin with, whereas Baltimore clearly a rushing team with Lamar Jackson under center. And that's that's just my general breakdown of those two guys, and that that's kind of what the tiebreaker is. I think there's going to be more work for Edwards. I think he's in the better situation for a running back. Adams is the more talented player, but I think he's probably going to max out at about 12 touches a week. Okay. Oakland uh, allows the seventh most fantasy points to running backs, 5.1 yards per carry. His next matchup is against Atlanta, 28th in uh, fantasy points to running backs. And Kansas City, they allow the most fantasy points. Then Tampa Bay, they allow the eighth most. And then the Chargers in Week 16, and all of a sudden the Chargers, the Chargers and the Giants are two teams that have gotten so much worse against the run because of uh, either trades or injuries over the last few weeks. The Chargers could be dreadful against the run because Corey Legit's out for the year and Denzel Perryman's out for the year. Uh, so Edwards has an amazing schedule, whereas Adams has a great matchup this week. And, you know, the Rams in a few weeks is really good, but overall not a great schedule coming up. So keep that in mind. Last question because it is really, really important. You're saying, you know, spend your fab on Gus Edwards. How afraid are you that oh, Gus Edwards gets 10 carries, Alex Collins gets 10 carries, DeForest Allen gets three carries, something like that, and he just doesn't get enough work? I think the Ravens coaches are looking for any excuse to get away from Alex Collins. Okay. That's that's the vibe that I'm getting. All right. Because if, 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 if that wasn't the case, you would have seen more Alex Collins in the second half Last week. But we've seen this before. We've seen a guy get work for a half and then we th- we have expectations and it doesn't pan out. You know, he's he's Gus Edwards. Like we've we saw him in college, Dave. He's really know, not that good. Think about the body of work that Alex Collins has given us this year. Oh, I know. How, I, if you're frustrated as a fantasy owner, just imagine how frustrated John Harbaugh is. Are you dropping Alex Collins, guys? No. No. I, mean, I would if 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 he was my worst player on my bench, then yes. You drop him for Edwards. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, we got a lot coming up. You want to hear something funny, guys? Sure. Jacksonville Buffalo was a playoff game last year. Want to hear something else funny? <laughs> <laughs> I play in a uh, a PPR Superflex League with 10 starting spots. Pretty high-scoring league. I just want to shame this one owner who scored 66.6 points this week. One of the worst performances and one of the worst teams I've ever seen. Uh, it's a dynasty league, and he'll probably have the first pick, so enjoy it. Want to hear something else funny? It's Team Name Tuesday. This is from Ross. Traquan me. That's pretty good. It's pretty That's good. That's clever. Right? Okay, okay, good. I'm glad you liked it. Uh, that one, that one passed the test. What, what Heath? What else is funny? Tweet of the day from, uh, or tweet of the night. I'm calling my own tweet the tweet of the night. This is a uh, whole new level of hubris. Allow us to be the judges of whether or not this is the tweet of the night. Uh, Travis Kelsey dropped a bad pass over the middle at a very important moment of the game last night. Mm-hmm. 
And I tweeted Kelsey with the worst drop since Marlon Mack. And I spelled it Marlon with an I. <laughs> I think that's good. That is how I spelled Marlon Mack when I texted Jamie about how I dropped Marlon Mack. I don't know if I spelled it that way or if it autocorrected to that. Can I just say it autocorrected to the improper spelling of Marlon Mack? Maybe the website autocorrected to you dropping him. (laughs) All right, here's something else that you're going to like, everybody. The holidays are approaching, and you may be thinking about how you're going to save some extra money. Well, we've got a way that maybe you haven't thought of. Consolidate your high-interest credit card balances to a lower rate and save money with Lightstream. This is a great, great service. Go to lightstream.com and just check it out. In fact, the URL that you're going to want to go to is lightstream.com slash FFT. Um, it's a great – I've navigated the website, and it's it's really easy to use. It's a really cool feature. And credit card debt's a serious thing. So, so Lightstream offers credit card consolidation uh, loans from 6.14% APR with auto pay. You compare that to the national average credit card interest rate, it's over 19%. We're talking 6.14%. That's terrific. You can also get a loan on Lightstream from $5,000 to $100,000, and you can get your money as soon as the day you apply. The application is 100% online. There are no fees. Lightstream wants to help you out. They believe that people with good credit deserve a great interest rate. So you can save even more with an additional interest rate discount at lightstream.com slash FFT. That is L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M.com slash FFT. Subject to credit approval. Rate includes a 0.5% auto pay discount. Terms and conditions apply and offers are subject subject, subject to change. Without notice, visit lightstream.com slash FFT for more information. News and notes. Carry on Johnson is week to week with a sprained knee. They have the Bears on Thursday. I didn't hear anyone making uh, Theo Riddick or LeGarrette Blunt a waiver wire priority. No, they are not waiver wire priorities. They are, in non-PPR leagues, they are desperation options. In PPR leagues, there's mild appeal with Theo Riddick because of his five-catch floor. Yeah. Now, I know that he's not going to be this bad, but just to give you something something else funny, uh, LeGarrette Blunt has 21 carries for 16 yards in his last four games. 21 carries for 16 yards. He might be yards. that bad against the Bears. Against the Bears, he might be. That is a good point. O.J. Howard's getting a second opinion on his ankle. Do we know anything here? Well, I know that when you get a first opinion after a football injury and your immediate response is, I'm going to get a second opinion, that's generally a very bad sign for your availability. Yeah, and Cameron Brait was mentioned in our priorities, but he's he's going to be a big priority, I think. Right? I mean, this is— If a, you need a tight end, yeah. They've been better. The Niners have been better against tight ends lately. They haven't faced a lot of good ones. Um, but Brait, one game without O.J. Howard, or he actually didn't play without Howard. He played a game with Howard leaving early with an injury, and he caught a touchdown. So uh, Brait is, is 19% on. And remember, Jameis likes to favor his tight ends a little more than Ryan Fitzpatrick does. So it seems like everything's aligning for Cameron Brait to be a top-12 tight end this week. The Redskins signed Mark Sanchez to back up Colt McCoy, Marcus Mariota. Oh, that's a great signing. <laughs> Marcus Mariota suffered a stinger, so he has not been ruled out for Monday's game at Houston. He's also getting a second opinion. Joe Flacco could play this week, guys. How how much do you factor that in when you look at Lamar Jackson on waivers? I don't believe um, John Harbaugh. Okay. Ryan Tannehill's status is unclear. Josh Allen expected to start this week, and Sam Darnold is week to week. 
You know, if you don't believe John Harbaugh on that, what makes us believe John Harbaugh on Gus Edwards? I think he's protecting his veteran quarterback that won him a Super won a Super Bowl. Um, From I, looking bad? Yeah. 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 I mean, it's kind of exciting what they've got with Lamar Jackson right now. Oh, yeah. I, I like we didn't get all the way to the quarterbacks yet, but I am very excited about Lamar this week. Really? Ooh. Uh, Dallas left tackle Tyron Smith suffered a stinger, so hopefully he'll be able to play against the Redskins on Thursday. They were a much different team without him last year. And do you expect the following players? Julian Edelman at the Jets. Yes. A.J. Green, yeah, we're hoping for. Yeah, we're hopeful. Uh, Marvin Jones on Thursday against the Bears. He didn't practice on Monday, so still a no on Marvin Jones. Randall Cobb at Minnesota on Sunday night. Not as of now. Jordy Nelson at Baltimore. You can cut Jordy. Jamison Crowder at Dallas. You can cut Jamison. Yeah. Okay. Let's do a sneak peek at the waiver wire. Give me a few priorities at each position. I know your overall thoughts, but let's get some other names here that we haven't discussed. Quarterback, who you got um, other than Jameis Winston? There are just a ton of great options this week. And if you're if you're ruling out Jameis Winston, I'm going to go Lamar Jackson second. Then I'll go Eli Manning. Then wow. I'll go Baker Mayfield. And I know that won't be the consensus, but we can talk about that more when we do the deep dive on quarterback if you want. Yeah, I'll put Eli second uh, against Philadelphia in that banged-up secondary. Baker is actually third for me, and then I'll go with Lamar Jackson. I just I I'm not ready to trust him uh, as a passer yet. As a rusher, he looks phenomenal. He's got the acceleration of a Tesla. But as a uh, as a passer, he's got a lot of work to do. Okay, and then if you can't get any of those guys, Winston, Mayfield, Manning, and Jackson, don't forget about Nick Mullins. He is facing Tampa Bay. Only Nick Foles and Alex Smith failed to score 21 or more fantasy points in six-point-per-passing touchdown leagues against the Bucks. Running backs, Gus Edwards, Josh Adams, and... And if you need a PPR running back, Riddick would be next best. If you want a running back to speculate on after those two guys, it's Elijah McGuire. Yeah. Who's still available in a little more than two thirds of CBS Sport. I'm sorry, but right about two thirds of CBS Sports Leagues. Rashad Penny is still out there in a little less than half. And then like deeper speculation guys that you might have to wait a couple weeks on, Deontay Foreman and Rex Burkhead. Yeah, McGuire, McGuire would be my next choice. So what's the deal with Doug Martin and his status? They, uh, we think he's going to play. Okay. Gruden said he was okay. Um, tweaked his ankle in the game. But, I mean, they're going to use multiple backs now. I don't think Doug Martin's headed toward a 20-touch opportunity. No, he's a 15-16 guy, and he's been really good on a per-carry basis since Lynch got hurt. Yeah. But it's an awful, awful matchup. Terrible game script. Yeah, it's Baltimore on the road. And then it's Kansas City, though, so I wouldn't be surprised if Doug Martin's helpful for you in two weeks. Uh, but just want to throw him out there. He's 80% owned. Um, there's one guy, I'll get to Peyton Barber. Um, you know, I thought he had a good matchup this week. Turns out he really doesn't. San Francisco's actually been pretty good against the run. And, uh, I thought Barber might be able to help some owners. He is 72% owned, but we're looking at Gus Edwards, we're looking at Josh Adams, Theo Riddick. Elijah McGuire as well. And then Frank Gore, you know? I mean, Frank Gore, meh, whatever. <laughs> uh, wide receiver. Who do we like? Okay, all the young guys. The- Traquan Smith, DJ Moore, Kiki QT. Um, Marquise Goodwin, guys. How interested are you in him? What a matchup. 
Tampa Bay has allowed a touchdown to a wide receiver in every game this season. Goodwin is 63% owned. So if he's out there, you could use him as a streaming option. But I don't think he's got the type of potential to help you on a weekly basis as a, let's say, as a flex. That Traquan Smith would, that Anthony Miller would, that Josh Reynolds would. Those are my top three at wide receiver. I would take TJ Moore after those three and then Kiki, do you love me? Will you add me? Would be uh, after that. There's so much excitement with all these receivers. I'll go with DJ and then Traquan. I do still have a little bit of worry about Traquan and Breeze on the road, and they've got three straight road games after this one. Um, and then I think I'll go with Christian Kirk. Uh, Two of the yeah. three road games are going to be outdoors too. The Dallas one, or I'm sorry, the Atlanta one, obviously. They've already played at Atlanta. No, it's you're right. It's at Dallas. You're talking Was about Traquan Smith. No, it's. It's Atlanta, it's Atlanta this week and then at home. it's at Dallas. So those are Atlanta's at home. Atlanta's at home, Dave. Correct. Yeah, then at, then Dallas, at Dallas. When they're playing in a dome, I don't mind. It's those outdoor games that we see kind of a different look from Breeze and company. Yeah, but their their outdoor games after Dallas are Tampa Bay and Carolina, and those two teams can't defend yeah. the pass. Yeah, that's true. That's going to be an interesting convergence of uh narratives. There. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, Miller, uh well, Goodwin, I just want to say one thing about Goodwin because it is a great matchup, but this guy is so uninvolved. I mean, he doesn't get a lot of targets. However, the last three wide receivers to catch a touchdown against the Bucks all had four targets. Curtis Samuel, Josh Doxson, Odell Beckham, four targets, touchdown against the Bucks. Uh Miller, Odell had only four targets? Yeah, he threw, he threw 18 passes. I know that, 18. but I'd figure maybe, you know. At least a third of them would go to Odell. I think he caught all four, just four of his targets, I think. Yeah, so Anthony Miller, you said you have, I don't know, ahead of DJ Moore, Dave? I'm surprised by that. I do. I like the schedule for Chicago at Detroit this week against the Giants, Rams at home, Packers at home, and then at San Francisco. A lot of very, very beatable secondaries there. I just, I just worry so much about the target distribution there. There are so many mouths to feed. And I was looking at it yesterday. Nobody on that team has led the team in targets more than three weeks. They've had four different players lead the team in targets, and Trey Burton's not one of them. Hmm. That's true. I, I think Miller's kind of an emerging player for them, though. I just think that he offers them a little more versatility at receiver than any of their other guys. I, I was all on board with that until last week when they threw it nine times to Taylor Gabriel and three times to Anthony Miller. Yeah, Miller with uh, two catches, 25 yards, and a touchdown. Tight ends, tight end priorities. It's Cameron Brayton, and then you're in trouble. Yeah. I think that's... Well, you go with one of the Rams guys. You just can't use them this week. That's not, yeah. I think Janu Smith is going to be my second favorite tight end to pick up off waivers. Okay. At but Houston. I'm, I'm, I would expect, uh, probably right around 40 yards. That, think... He is a guy who will get you some fantasy points. I think Chris Herndon's my second favorite for this week. Oh, interesting. Uh, I would say that there's a chance that a guy like Jordan Reed or a Vance McDonald or maybe a Jack Doyle is available in your leagues. Sure. Yeah. So go after them if they're there. But yeah, Reed, Reed is 89% owned, which I thought was just preposterous. He did not deserve to be 89% owned, but he's coming off by far his best game. Seven catches, 71 yards, and a touchdown. We can talk more about him later. I mean, he really shouldn't be on this show. He's 89% owned. Uh, DSTs. Who we like at DST? I like the Bills. I don't mind the Bills. I like the Colts better. Patriots? Patriots, anyone? Patriots would be very good. 
they're not. And they were dropped one? in a bunch of leagues. What's the ownership percentage? Sixty-two you know percent. Okay. Are the Patriots scoring more points this year? The DST, you mean? There's, there's, I think it's a good matchup, obviously. Their style of defense, um, and I'm looking it up now so you don't have to. Their style of defense is very, very bend but don't break. I think they've been doing better lately. That's, that's what I seem to remember. I am, uh, Uh, almost there. False. They have not been. But their last two games, Green Bay, okay, don't expect big, big performance there. They were terrible at Tennessee. They don't get a lot of sacks though. They don't really rush the, rush the passer. Eleven interceptions is good. Of course, they're they're facing the Jets and probably McCown. Uh, so you'd rather have the Bills over the Patriots? I think I would. I mean, it's really early in the week, but I I think I'd prefer like Bills coming off a bye. They've been a good defense for this year. They've scored more fantasy points than the Patriots have. Okay. And Jacksonville, like, would it surprise anyone after Adam Azer's brilliant prediction came true? If the Jacksonville Jaguars just quit. Well, here's, here's why I, I'd be a little nervous about the Bills against the Jaguars. Uh, I don't think Bortles is going to throw very much at all. I think it's just going to be run, 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 run. And I mean, their offensive line is, is gave up six sacks, um, to, to the Steelers. So that's nice, but I don't know where the turnovers come. Like Fournette should have a massive game, right? I just think this could be a game where it's like nine to six. Yeah. And it really depends on your scoring system. We have a lot of leagues where you get points for low yards and low points. I like the Bills more in those types of leagues. Okay. Cowboys are hosting the Redskins with Colt McCoy. And, uh, alright, there you go. And I'm not necessarily going away from the Redskins. Sure. They're, they have a good defense. And IDP, I will tell you about Eddie Jackson for the Bears. My goodness. Absolutely. Woo. That's a great one. Pick six, and he's been playing great. He's 17% owned. Defensive back for the Bears. Uh, and then, you know, if you look at the kicker standings, I don't know if you have any other IDPs, Dave. I do. Oh, who you got? Uh, there's actually a decent amount of defensive linemen this week. Javon Hargrave came out of the woodwork for Pittsburgh. Jabal Sheard, it's been two straight weeks now where he's been part of the reason why that Colts defense has been so good, and, and now it's Miami. He's owned in 12% of leagues. Sam Hubbard. Uh, it's probably one of the lower end DL guys to go get. And Maurice Hurst in Oakland. Last two weeks, he's really started to come alive. Linebacker, I'll say Josh Bynes again. Don't call him Amanda though. Uh, Kyler Fackrell broke out for Green Bay. I believe he played because Nick Perry got hurt. And I'm not oh, sure if Perry is ready to go. He's got like seven sacks in his last six games or something. Yeah. Like I mean, it's a, li- it's a little tougher to trust linebackers based on sacks than tackles. That's true. But if he's on the field, he's making plays. I think that's something to keep an eye on. Uh, Preston Smith with Washington, also two straight good games in a row. And um, it's really about it. I, there's been a lot of nice talk about Anthony Harris in Minnesota, but I don't know if he's going to keep that job for for a long time. LaMarcus Joyner in L.A., if you want to wait on him to come out of his bye, that would be another one who's been All right, pretty enough. decent lately. Uh, um, that, you're done. Uh, kickers, Kaimi Fairbairn is 55% owned, and he's like the third or fourth best kicker in fantasy. Which is weird because he's missed five field goals. Uh, he just kicks so many. They are playing so conservative, and I don't see any reason that will change going up against likely Blaine Gabbert. Yeah, Tennessee's pretty good against kickers, but uh, Fairbairn um, is someone that you might want to own. I don't know how owned Mason Crosby is, but he's up there as well. How about Matt Bryant? His ownership is at 54%, mm. so a lot of people ran oh, to pick yeah. him up before 
the game last week. That number should be higher as the Falcons kicker. Crosby is is 89% on, so my my bad there. And let me just see where the Saints rank in fantasy points allowed to kickers. Hey, you never know. You might win a league. You might win a week because of your kicker, Matt Bryant. Oh, the Saints allow the fewest fantasy points to kickers? You know, that doesn't surprise me because they probably give up touchdowns. And actually, their defense, right. defense teams has give up it's kicking field goals in the second half. High-scoring teams generally don't give up a lot of points to kickers because you don't kick field goals when you're down right. big. Right. No, that's a good point. Mike Badgley has been kicking well for the Chargers. Uh, not last week, though. He got you 12 points in the league I'm looking at. I think at. he missed a field goal or an extra point or something like that last week. Yeah, Just keep he still scored mind. a decent amount. All right, let's talk about the games Sunday night and Monday night. Email of the day is from Taylor. I'm too young to have ever seen Lawrence Taylor play, but I'm curious. Is Khalil Mack today's ver- today's version of Lawrence Taylor? He seems to impact as many plays as the quarterback. I've never seen anything like it. I mean, I remember Lawrence Taylor being absolutely relentless, and I'm just, you know, Belichick was asked this question, and he basically scoffed at it. And I I would agree with the coach on this one. I think I think it's Mac is great. He's extremely impactful, but Lawrence Taylor was a maniac. Yeah, Mac is that so was good, off the though. And, and last night, McFarland kept calling Aaron Donald the best defensive player in the NFL. It, it's hard to argue that, but Khalil Mack really did kind of audition for that on Sunday night. He was so good, so impactful. Uh, anyway, this game twenty five twenty Bears. They had the ball for about uh, nine more minutes than Minnesota. How concerned are you guys about Dalvin Cook? How concerned are you guys about every running back in this game? Well, we already kind of expressed concern the last couple of weeks about Jordan Howard. Um, he's getting some volume, but he's just, he's a touchdown dependent flex. I am a, I'm gonna reserve my concern over Dalvin Cook for after this week. If he's bad against the Packers, then I'm probably just giving up on this year. Nine carries, 12 yards, three catches, and a fumble against the toughest matchup in fantasy. Right, and I thought they'd use him a lot more as a pass catcher out of the backfield, and I thought he'd actually do well. Uh, I thought he'd do okay in general. I thought he'd do well in this game uh, as a as a receiver, and they kind of gave up on him pretty quickly. And my guess is it's just because they fell behind by two scores by halftime, and they were like, all right, we just got to throw with Cousins, and they kind of got back in the game that way. Yeah. I've I've long felt that Minnesota morphed into a passing team this year because of Cousins and DeFilippo as their offensive coordinator. But I can't shake Dalvin Cook as being a bad fantasy option just yet. Is Kirk Cousins a must-own player? I'm starting him this week. I like him this week, too. I, I think he's a little bit matchup dependent. Okay. He, he should be in some high-scoring games. Green Bay at New England at Seattle in his next three weeks. Yeah, and then Miami after that at home, and then at Detroit. And then what could end up being a meaningful game at home against Chicago in Week 17. Yeah, he, his schedule is not very bad. Uh, not as surprised long as receivers stay healthy. that Allen Robinson struggled. He saw a lot of Xavier Rhodes. I wouldn't say Rhodes shadowed him, but he saw a lot of Rhodes. He was only started in 46% of leagues, but he had seven targets. So, Robinson, hopefully you, you get back on that horse this week at Detroit. And yeah, Tari- I love him this week. Tariq Cohen has fumbled four times this season and three times in his last four games. Uh, that can't be good. <laughs> no, and, and that could help Jordan Howard. He's a terrifying player on a week-to-week basis. Tariq Cohen? Yeah. How do you guys feel about Rudolph and Burton? They, you know, 
Would you drop them for Brait? Yes. Yes. And then what? What if Howard comes back in like a week? Then you'll find then another I, bad tight end. I can either pick them back riddle. up or right, do what he said. Pick, okay. Pick up a different tight end. Rams 54, Chiefs 51. Oh, we missed one thing on the Vikings side of things. Yeah. Um, Stefan Diggs is out targeting Adam Thielen very, very consistently. The last three games that Diggs has been healthy, he has 14 more targets than Thielen and at least four more targets every game. And five of the last six games they've played together, Diggs has led the team in targets. Who would you rather own? I think I'd still take Thielen, but it's really close. You know, you're, it's not like Thielen's getting three targets a game. No. no. He had 12 against Chicago. They're both awesome options, but yeah. it's just it's encouraging for Diggs. You hope just, that Thielen I, I think is healthy. Thielen is safer because of his touchdown streak. Because I think he's a he's a candidate to score every but game. Coming into healthier. the year, Diggs was the touchdown guy, and Thielen wasn't. Right, and now it's kind of switched a little bit. But I also think Thielen's the better bet to stay healthy for the rest of the well, season. Well, but Thielen's hurt right now. I mean, you wonder his he's last— He's hurt right now, but he's playing through it, and Diggs has missed—well, he missed one he missed game. He missed one game. Uh, he, yeah, he does have an injury history, that's for sure. Thiel, Diggs was—I mean, I, I'll put the word only in quotes here, but Diggs was only started in 84% of leagues— you know, people probably looked at the matchup. I'm not sure that you have to sit wide receivers against the Bears, especially a guy like Diggs. But 13 catches, 126 yards, and a touchdown. Plus, he was open for a deep ball in the end zone, and Cousins missed him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he could have had an even bigger game. Okay, uh, Rams 54, Chiefs 51 in just a second. First, the Seat Geek app, baby. Oh, you gotta love the Seat Geek app. You know, getting tickets is such a pain in the butt. It can be so complicated to do online. Seat Geek makes it really easy for you. Seat Geek saves two things, time and money, and we don't have enough of either. And SeatGeek uh, is designed to make your ticket-buying experience easier than ever. By searching multiple ticket sites and grading every ticket based on value, Seat Geek helps you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. And every purchase is fully guaranteed. You can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. That's huge. That's really important. Make sure that you make SeatGeek your go-to ticket source for everything. Sports, concerts, comedy, and theater. Now, I can tell you personally that I use the SeatGeek app pretty much every time I need tickets. And it's super easy. You do everything on your phone. Tickets are right there on your phone. You go to the game. You have a great time. And you realize you save money even after you use our promo code. You're going to save money. They just have better prices. It's a great product. And you can get 10 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase. Our code is FFT. The promo code is FFT for $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Once again, that code is FFT on SeatGeek. SeatGeek, life's an event, and we have the tickets. I mean, that game was amazing last night. It did not disappoint. Discuss. Very fun. Lots of twists and turns. Lots of excitement. Lots of reasons to uh be optimistic about the future of football. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think that game will change the way some teams think about how they have to move forward this offseason. And the days of John Fox, Jeff Fisher-style football, Doug Marone-style football, it's it's out of here. You have I, no chance. You have no chance. You have no chance. There, there playing are this conservative still style. running that. Yeah, but what chance it. do they have of winning? Name one team that's running that conservative style. That's a Super Bowl contender. Not a Super Bowl contender. No, they'll be in the playoffs though. That's great. Who? Twelve teams make the Who? playoffs. Who he? Um, 
like I think one of well, I mean, one of Baltimore or Seattle's probably going to make it. Sure. They'll 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 make it. I don't think anybody considers them serious contenders. Yeah, no, he's right. And you gotta, you in the case of Seattle, in the case of Seattle, that's a team that is capable of throwing the ball and putting up, let's call it, thirty points a game. I'll, um, I'll tell you one team that's that might morph into this cautious conservative style: the Patriots. And they could get away with it because. When they need, because they scheme so well defensively. Well, they have Brady. I mean, when they need to go to the air, they they can go to the air. But uh, right, let, let me let me talk about this game here and then get to the waiver wire. Um, Sammy Watkins going into his bye. I think he played four or five snaps. Clearly wasn't healthy. Dropper stash. You stash him. Okay. I think it. I, I think you can. I think you can drop him if he's one of your worst players and you want to speculate on one of these running backs or one of these receivers and you need them this I'd, week. I'd rather have Sammy Watkins than any other receivers that are available. What if, what if you needed a receiver to start for you this week though? Well, that would be a different story, but I would, in that case, Sammy's going bye-bye. You know, uh, uh, what the hell, Todd Gurley? Like, what the hell was that? 12 carries? No, I, I'm mad at McVeigh. That was so stupid. I am gonna criticize a guy whose team just scored fifty four points and won. Yeah, they did nothing wrong. You should have they should have run the ball more. They could have controlled the clock against the worst run defense in football. They should have run the ball more. I, I disagree with that. They they probably wouldn't have scored as many points. It would have been a lower scoring game and an easier win if they had just let Todd Gurley. They're not, they're the, they're not the better team. They're not the better team? No. They were last if night. If they had controlled the game flow with Todd Gurley. They could have, they could have won that game more easily. I mean, I think, like, Kareem Hunt averaged more yards per carry. YPC for life. Um, Barely. So it, it maybe, maybe the Chiefs should have run the ball more and kept the Rams off the field. Yeah, they probably should Mahomes have. Doesn't throw. Or maybe they just scored 105 points and they're playing I know, football I know. the way that it's It's played. silly, but Todd Gurley should never have 12 carries. Never. He should never have. Especially on the final drive of the game. That was so dumb. Um. All right. Anyway, uh, what do you think about the Rams' tight ends? Um. I it, it did not get any more clear for us last night. Like Gerald Everett made a great play, but he got out targeted seven to four by Tyler Higby. Had less catches, less yards. Higby played more, didn't he? He always plays more because he yeah. can block. All right. Well, I mean, they both uh they both did well. Higby had six for sixty three on seven targets, and Everett had three catches, forty nine yards, and two touchdowns. Um, Are you aware who the Rams play when they come off the bye? I will be in a sec. Detroit! <laughs> Rested and ready to go at Detroit. Fast track, bad defense. I don't know if there's a bad Rams player to start that week. You could probably go get away with either of the tight ends. I mean, the tight ends really, they're, they're just awful options most week. Most weeks. Yeah. You know? This was the was, third highest scoring I was much more encouraged by ever. Josh Reynolds than I was by either of the tight ends. Agreed. Yeah, yeah, it's a good point. Reynolds is 55% owned. He was started in 22% of leagues. He had eight targets. He didn't have a target in either of his two previous games, and he's on a bye now, but he, he's right. interesting. All right, let's— Cooper uh Cup played in those games. That's why he didn't have uh, a target. No, Cup was out for one of them. He was out for one of them or half of one of them? I thought he missed the entire game. Against Seattle? He got hurt at New Orleans? Pretty yes. sure he got hurt at Seattle, against Seattle. You're right. That's what I he thought. did. I apologize. You're right. 
Uh, all right. So that makes Josh Reynolds even more exciting. Okay, let's go to the waiver wire with quarterbacks. Sorry, I didn't get a chance to get to the dropometer, but uh, important stuff today. So just throw out two names for you. How do you feel about Dak Prescott and Andy Dalton this week? Dalton would actually be second for me if he was lower-owned behind Jameis Winston. I don't have a lot of interest in Dak Prescott. I think all there were some people on Twitter last night that were yearning for the days of defense and running the football and saying this is not their football. Uh, that's fine. You get to watch the Cowboys and Redskins on Thursday. <laughs> to be fair, I love the high-scoring matchups, but I'll also watch the Cowboys and Redskins on Thursday because I just like any football. I like Nick Mullins better than Dak Prescott this week. Same. Matchup is way better. Um, offense is more prone to uh, being aggressive. That, okay. That's interesting. You like Mullins more than Prescott. Like, it's not a bad matchup. The Redskins, I mean, I'm annoyed about Deshaun Watson, but their pass defense just isn't that good. Most of the, Prescott himself scored 21 fantasy points against them. He did have a rushing touchdown in that game. I think he's going to need something like that. You just, I don't, my problem for him is volume. They don't really want to throw 31 to 36 pass attempts in four straight games. Which 31 is low. Which caught me by surprise. It's low, but it's not super low. I mean, it's, you know, the, okay, look, you know, I'm going to stop. Is it higher than start, what it was earlier this year for yes. him? I'm going to stop okay. arguing for Dak Prescott because he really has like such little boom potential. Like you're just hoping for like 23 points or something. So yeah, fine. I'm, I'm in the Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson camp before I'm in the Dak Prescott camp. All right. So we like Winston the best of the waiver wire guys. Um, and he's, uh, he's, he's got San Francisco. They allow the eighth most fantasy points to quarterbacks. Why do we like, uh, some guys ahead of Baker Mayfield. Jamie had Mayfield second. The Bengals allow the most fantasy points to quarterbacks. They have faced a lot of great ones, though. But there's Eli Manning. There's Lamar Jackson. You guys like them better than, than Mayfield? I, I'll, Lamar Jackson, I think, has enormous potential. He ran the ball 27 times. Yeah. And three of them were kneel downs. You, what's just, that? Just putting it out there. Three of them were kneel downs. Okay. So he ran the ball 24 times. Yeah. Still a lot. And, like you, I think it's likely that he's not going to run the ball quite that much on a given week. Uh, Harbaugh said but he's it's probably likely happen. that he's going to throw the ball more than 19 times this week as well. And <clears throat> I was actually not concerned about the way he threw the ball. He averaged what seven yards, eight yards per attempt. Mm. He was at 150 yards on 19 passes. So that's almost eight yards per attempt. He had a pretty ugly interception. He should have had another very ugly interception, uh, if not two. I'm I'm not there with you. I can't share the excitement. I agree that as a rusher, he's just and the fact amazing. that he had 27 carries and threw for 150 yards and didn't score a touchdown is just mostly bad luck. And who, he faces the Raiders. Who did he face last week? The Bengals. Cincinnati. And who does who faces the Bengals this week? Baker Mayfield. Exactly. And I, he didn't have any touchdowns. I, okay, Baker they, will they, have it. They allow one. the most fantasy points to quarterbacks. Right, just two. saying. No, I, look, I, I think Jackson's super interesting because we've only got one game. It's not like, I, I, like I said, he only had he had a twenty yard run. I think that was his longest run. Lamar Jackson is one hundred percent capable of breaking off a fifty, sixty, seventy yard touchdown run. Like he's going to make some big plays. And this Raiders team, maybe you should look at how bad they are against the run. They allow five point one yards per carry to running backs. They're going to struggle against Lamar Jackson. I like all these guys. Seth Manning, I'm a little hesitant on guys. Um, I understand the matchups appealing. But they're 
they threw the ball 18 times. They don't want to throw the ball a lot. They might have to. Typically, I think it depends on it. Yeah, go ahead. It depends on if you, like, they threw the ball 18 times mostly because of what Fitzmagic did. Yeah. If you think Carson Wentz is going to be as bad as he was against New Orleans, then I'd be worried about Manning's volume. I think the concern for Carson Wentz last week against the Saints was the fact they got after him. The Giants don't get after anyone. Yeah. You and me and Dave could block their front seven. Probably. I'd, I'd like to see Adam block. And so I think Wentz is going to be in a clean pocket and have a really big day against the Giants. So that'll keep Eli throwing. Yeah. Eli's top 12 for me this week. He's not top 12 for me. I, I'm not, I'm not there, but. Do you have him ahead of uh, Lamar Jackson? No, I have Lamar Jackson one spot ahead. Wow. But Lamar Jackson's not top 12 either. Heath goes uh, Dalton, Jackson, Manning, Mayfield, 16, 15 through 18 right now. And then Mullins, 19. So there are your way wire, guys. Uh, all right. I think that's it for quarterback. Let's go to running backs. Some players owned in more than 65% of leagues. We have Royce Freeman facing Pittsburgh. They've allowed a, a touchdown, a rushing touchdown to a running back in three straight games in four of their last five. Uh, also, if Stefan Tuitt's out, that would help the Denver running game. Peyton Barber, like I said, I thought he had a good matchup, but San Francisco, pretty good against the run. Uh, they allow 3.94 yards per carry to running backs. Melvin Gordon, the only running back with more than 67 rushing yards against the Niners. They face Cook, Hunt, David Johnson, Gurley, and Barkley. And none of them had more than 67 rushing yards, just Melvin Gordon. I can tell you that the Bucks are trying to get Peyton Barber more involved. They want a semblance of a run game just to save their defense a little bit. You can hide, you, if you have a good run game, you can hide your defense, but I don't think Peyton Barber's good enough to be that guy for Tampa Bay, but they're going to try. And that's why you're seeing him get so many carries. His schedule sucks. San Francisco, Carolina, New Orleans at home, at Baltimore, at Dallas. It's a bad schedule. And I think there's a decent chance Ronald Jones gets healthy and they'll still try to run the ball, but he may cut into his workload a little bit. And, uh, you could take a look at Doug Martin or Jalen Richard this week, but they have, they have, uh, pretty brutal matchups. Uh, at Baltimore. Gus Edwards is uh, number one. Josh Adams is number two. We, we've really elaborated a lot on that. As I mentioned, Edwards has a much better schedule after this week than Josh Adams. And we think he has more workload potential. Alright, give me your thoughts on the, on the, uh, Detroit running backs. Not just this week, but going forward, however long Carrion Johnson's out, and maybe we should even just mention for deep, 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 Zach Zenner. Yeah, I mean, I think they'd be smart to give Garrett Blunt carries to Zach Zenner, but I don't expect that's what they're going to do. I, I actually have Blunt ranked ahead of Riddick and non-PPR just because of the touchdown potential, but I'm not excited about Blunt at all. The only way I'm excited about either of these guys is if you're in a PPR league. And really, Theo Riddick's kind of giving you, like, Willie Sneed floor. Yep. Five catches, 50 yards total, something like that. I don't know if LeGarrette Blunt can get you even five fantasy points in non-PPR. Bears' run defense is so good. Who's got the most uh, rest-of-season potential? Elijah McGuire, Frank Gore, Rashad Penny, Rex Burkhead, Deontay Foreman. Uh, Penny has the most potential, but it's maybe one of the most difficult roads to getting there. They all have a tough road to get there, though. All right, who are you going to stash? McGuire, Gore, Penny, Burkhead, or Foreman? Penny and McGuire. I'm going to stash McGuire first, then Penny, because I think McGuire is closer to being a primary back for his team than Penny is. Who's getting text messages? Uh, no one. 
Liar. <laughs> what about Chris I was, Thompson? I was getting uh, instant messages on Twitter. Oh. Yeah. I see. Trying um, to help out a listener. It's actually a listener of the podcast sending me direct messages. Oh. You slid into your DMs? He slid into my DMs. My DMs are not open, but they are open for him. If you see Chris Thompson available on your waiver wire, pop quiz, hotshot, what do you do? Is it a PPR league? It can be if you'd like. I would consider stashing him based on who I would have to drop for him. But I'd also have to whiff on everybody who's available this week. Oh, okay. So you'd rather literally have... like Cameron Braid over Chris Thompson, but Josh Elijah Reynolds Elijah McGuire over Chris Thompson. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I'd rather pick him up than Blunt or Gore in PPR. Yeah, I think I'm going to just leave him on the waiver wire if I see him. Okay. Wide receivers. We've got. Uh, let me throw out uh, just one name. How do you feel about Chris Godwin? He is 67 percent owned. I wish he was playing every snap. I wish he was getting more targets. I wish I was a little bit taller. <laughs> I was a baller. I, I'd put him in the Goodwin range. Oh, okay. So so that would mean Godwin and Goodwin are behind Traquan, DJ Moore, QT, Reynolds, Miller. I think I think Goodwin and Godwin are guys that if you want one week usage out of, you can look at them this week because of the matchup. All right. Tell me if I'm crazy here. So so Traquan Smith obviously is Michael Thomas. Kiki QT has DeAndre Hopkins, Josh Reynolds has Cooks and Woods, uh, Anthony Miller has Allen Robinson, plus the target distribution, Christian Kirk has Larry Fitzgerald. DJ Moore is the guy who has the most potential on this list, and maybe he broke out last week. I'll tell you who broke last week was Devin Funches. I agree with you 100%. You're right, Adam. This is this cool. is why you've got DJ Moore as your number one receiver because uh, yeah. I, he's well, I got he, the potential to be that number one guy now for Carolina. And I kind of think he's the most talented of the group. And like the Seahawks matchup is okay, not great, but okay. Tampa Bay, Cleveland, New Orleans, Atlanta. That's the finishing schedule for DJ Moore. That is that is pretty nice. That's it's almost as good as it gets. Like throwing a Chiefs in there and and you're doing a dance. Yeah, I could certainly I just, see liking Traquan Smith more than Moore this week, for sure. Um, I have I have Traquan ranked ahead of DJ Moore in non-PPR this week. Right. But I would rather have DJ Moore on my team. Dave? So I just want to point out that DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel had amazing games against Detroit. I think the matchup had a lot to do with it. Funches should have had a good game, too. He dropped a touchdown, dropped a bunch of other passes. And, I mean, he's he's a big – he's like a tight end who's playing wide receiver. He's not very fast, and if he's not snagging everything thrown his way, he's a liability. Until we see Carolina completely get away from Funchess, I don't know if I can love DJ Moore the way that Heath loves DJ Moore. But I, I like the idea of adding him. He's just not going to be my number one priority but, if I need a wide receiver. But the thing, like, I understand what you're saying, but that's... They have to get away from Funches, who had more had as many targets as, and I think has as many targets over the last four weeks as. But all those other guys are behind someone for sure, and it's not changing. Yeah, I mean, no, but sometimes being behind a guy isn't so bad. That's true. And we've seen these receivers have games where they get a lot of targets. We just saw Traquan get it. But did Traquan have more that. targets than Michael Thomas? Oh last yeah, week? for sure. Yeah, this oh, yeah. week. But he has like one game with more than four targets besides that. Yeah, and I mean, up until last week when, when Funches had eight targets and he caught two of them, it looked like they were pretty much getting away from him. He had three, five, and five targets. I'm not sure that he's ever going to be completely irrelevant. 
Uh, here, okay. Here's the other thing. Like, none of these guys are slam dunks. So, clearly, there have been ups and downs. DJ Moore had a good game like four weeks ago and was pretty much a total dud in the, the next two games. 16 and 20 receiving yards in those two games. I get it. It's, it's a little scary. It's a little risky. And you have to be careful with who you drop. But there is so much potential that even though I think we can all acknowledge there's downside with these guys because they've been up and down, there's too much upside to leave them on waivers. Like, you know, I, I can see people getting pissed off when, when some of these guys don't pan out. But at the same time, like, this is how you play fantasy. You have to gamble. You have to take a shot on these guys. There's too much upside and they could be difference makers down the stretch. Is that a fair I think they're all, I think they are all candidates to be week in, week out flex starters. Uh, and so I put Josh Reynolds in that group too. Let me go through what our listeners asked uh, in terms of drop-o-meter and who you would drop for them. Heath already said he would not drop Sammy Watkins for these young receivers. Dave said he would. Uh, John Brown. Oh, Bye-bye. Like all of them, and I'm trying to get down to Danny Amendola, drop John Brown. John yeah. Ross, Bruce Ellington. Bruce Ellington could be hurt. How about Corey Davis? Smaller leagues, yes. Uh, I'm hoping I get more information on Marcus Mariota today before I make a Corey Davis decision. But at best case scenario, Mariota's playing with the same type of hand issue that he had before. Oh, this well, was it a was stinger. a stinger. This was a little different. Well, that's what they said. I I don't know if he's going to be the same guy. All right, let me keep going here, guys. We're almost out of time. Um, Alex Collins. Would you drop Alex Collins? I think... A lot of people are going to end up dropping out. I would drop him for in a league where I needed a receiver. I'd drop him for Moore and Traquan. I don't think I'd drop him for the rest of the guys. And you'd drop him for Gus Edwards, Josh Adams, Cortland Sutton. I'd rather have most of these guys than Cortland Sutton. Marquez Marquez Valdez Scantling. I'll tell you what. After waivers run, and if he's on the waiver wire, I might come back and pick him up. I I just I can't believe that he's going to be. A non-factor in this Packers offense. Yeah, I don't want to start him this week, but I, I think I think he's going to be someone who could end up perking back up. Moore and Traquan are the only ones I prefer over MVS. Remember what we said after the Thursday night game, in which Valdez Scantling was a terrible play. Uh, we'd like to see Randall Cobb come back so Valdez Scantling can get out of the slot mm-hmm. and be better there. But you know, let's we don't know that Cobb's coming back. And we're not going to necessarily like MVS against the Vikings on Sunday. All right, some other wide receivers to consider. Christian Kirk and Anthony Miller and, and Josh Reynolds going into the bye. Like, if you had to pick between, let's say you don't need someone this week, Josh Reynolds, Anthony Miller, Christian Kirk, who do you like? Miller, Reynolds, Kirk. Um, Kirk, Reynolds, Miller. And where's QT with them? Uh, Toward the bottom. I think I'd put him right after – right. It depends. In PPR, I'd put him at the top, and in non-PPR, I may put him at the bottom. Marquise Goodwin, we talked about. Danny Amendola, probably more of a PPR play, but he's 32% owned. But a majority of our leagues are PPR, and he, like, with Brock Osweiler, he's been pretty good in PPR. He's got, what, 13.9, 20.4, 9.3, 9.7, 14.2 the last five weeks. Yeah. And Jakeem Grant is out for the year. Devontae Parker, we're not expecting to play this week, and they're going to be chasing the score against Indianapolis, which is not a bad matchup. I've got Amendola with at least 13 PPR fantasy points in four of his last five. Well, one of them was a passing touchdown. I don't know if that's oh, okay. the that's what there. I missed. Yeah. Uh, Adam Humphreys 
had a touchdown against the Giants, and he's 18% owned. He will face San Francisco. 11 out of 14 wide receivers with six or more targets have scored double digits in non-PPR against San Francisco. So obviously in PPR, they've been even better. He's given you 11-plus in PPR in four of his last six, and his floor was seven. I'm guessing you're only interested in John Ross if A.J. Green would be out. Or it's a 14-team league. Right. I, I'm kind of interested in getting Adam Humphreys on my team. He won't be a priority, but I don't think he's going to be a priority for anybody. Uh, what about these guys? Um, That's a $0 bid guy. Dontrell, That's sneaky. Dontrell Inman, Bruce Ellington, Trey Quinn, Willie Sneed, Tajay Sharp. Inman, Ellington, Quinn, Willie Sneed, Tajay Sharp. I would like Ellington if he were healthy. If he ends up being just fine, um, we saw him use similarly to Golden Tate. Uh, I, I don't mind Inman and PPR, and I just want to circle back real quick and just say, in PPR leagues for this week, if you're in a desperation situation, of all the receivers we've talked about, I have Danny Amendola projected for more fantasy points than any of them. <laughs> Listen to this. Inman, last three games in PPR, 11, 8, 13. That's another guy completely under the radar. Poor man's Amendola. Well, why are we not considering Willie Sneed? I mean, he's he's facing Oakland, and he's on an 80-catch pace. You know, he's 5 for 50. 10, 12, and 10 in his last three games with a quarterback who, well, I'll I'll tell you what, I was going to just kind of poke at the quarterback, but Lamar Jackson was looking for Sneed. He was. Yeah, I would put Sneed just ahead of Inman, but behind Amendola. In that I'm not excited, but I need fantasy points. Yeah. And Humphreys is going to yeah. be ahead of him too. Sneed is like Dak Prescott. There's a, so little upside. Upside, so little upside for a huge game. It just, it's rarely happens. Uh, tight ends, tight ends. Um, Cameron Brait. Jamie has Ben Watson, number two here. Watson. Yeah, did I, have, can't, I uh, can't stomach it. 71 yards in the first meeting against Atlanta. That's the most yards by a tight end against Atlanta. I can't I would, stomach anyone after Cameron Brait. He has one PPR fantasy point in his last two games combined. <laughs> yeah, I would prefer Hireman to him. And I would prefer the name that I said earlier. Who? I don't remember. Herndon. Oh, Chris Herndon. Okay. Uh, there's the Rams guys if you want to stash them at your own risk. Johnny Smith, Dave mentioned he has... 33 to 45 yards in each of his last three games with two yep. touchdowns. 10 PPR fantasy points or more in each of his last three. That's since the bye week. And I think that Houston is terrible against tight ends. Is that true? Well, they're they're great against the run, and they'll be dominant against Blaine Gabbert. So I, I think you're hoping that Jonu Smith catches four or five passes. Just keeps that trend going. Yeah, they're pretty bad. They just gave up that big game to Jordan Reed and Jeff Hireman. Jeff Hireman and Reed both had... Seven or more catches, 71 or more yards, and a touchdown in the last two games against the Texans. And just to go full circle on the Rams tight ends, last three games, Gerald Everett, 9-9-19 in PPR. Tyler Higby, 6-11-12 in PPR. Okay. DSTs, we like the Patriots, Redskins, Cowboys, Bills. I think the Bills are our favorite. Jamie's got the Patriots one, but it seems like uh, Dave and Heath like the Bills more. I like the Colts better than the Bills. Man, the so Colts, like, uh, be, be careful with the Colts, because I know they were great last week, but they faced Blaine Gabbert. They were terrible the two previous games at Oakland and home against Jacksonville, which are streaming matchups, and they were dreadful. Yeah, this is another one, though, against Miami, and I think they're starting to find themselves, and they're getting healthier, too. Okay. And if you want to stash DSTs for your, for your playoff run, the Redskins, they're 82% owned, so 
That's tough. The Titans are 72% owned. They both have good playoff schedules. And the Patriots do too, for that matter, including Buffalo in week 16. Uh, what do you think about the Eagles against the Giants? Not with their secondary in tatters. Kaimi Fairbairn, Dan Bailey, Matt Bryant, Josh Lambeau, kickers to add. And that's pretty much it for today's show. I'll read a couple emails real quick. Matt from Wisconsin. Uh, I need a tight end this week. Austin Hooper, Jordan Reed, Kyle Rudolph, Uzama, or Najoku. Hooper, Reed, Rudolph, Uzama, Najoku. I'll go Hooper. I'll take Reed. Hooper for Heath. Reed for Dave. Okay. Yep. And Fred in Jacksonville. Dear Blake, Blaine, and Brian. Those are all starting quarterbacks. Uh, no. There's no Brian starting quarterback. I, I'm wondering if that was supposed to be, that was supposed to be Byron. Those are supposed to be Jaguars quarterbacks. Leftwich? Gabbert? Are there no starting quarterbacks named Brian right now? There's at least one backup. We need to get some Brian's in the league. Yeah. Too many Matts. Right? Stupid name. Uh, question about a kicker. <laughs> Justin Tucker or Josh Lambeau? Tucker. Tucker. I feel like we cannot end the show on a kicker email. I don't know why we even... Like, we've spent entirely too much time on kickers. You're right. Uh, from Marty in a small town in southern Virginia. Roanoke? I'm currently rostering both Trey Burton and Jack Doyle. I was wondering if I should keep them or what to do if I should drop one of them. I'd hold Doyle. I would too. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for listening. We're back tomorrow with another fun Wednesday show. Na, 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 na. na, na.